This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. Hey guys, how many letters are in the alphabet? 26. 22, because E.T. went home and somebody shot J.R. Hey, fellas, why uh, couldn't the Ghostbusters ever finish Oregon Trail? I don't know. Because they couldn't cross the streams. How do you find Will Smith in the snow? Look for the fresh prints. <laughs> and last but not least, we all know the zip code to Beverly Hills is 90210, but do you remember the one for Dawson's Creek? No. It's 90108 405 2304. No, but no. <laughs> what is going on I right don't now? Know. What, you say those 90s and 80s jokes don't hold up? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> we gave him sugar before the show, and this is what has happened. Yes. 90s jokes. Welcome to Big Cell. I'm Joel. I'm Ken. And Jacob. And we'd like to l- thank you for listening to our Dungeons & Dragons show. What an experience. Indeed. We're not we're not Dungeons & Dragons people, but we were able to participate in a game yep. and enjoy the process. Do you guys remember your names from the Dungeons & Dragons show? You, I remember Joel's. Do you remember I remember both name? of yours, but not mine. <laughs> I'm Kevro's Dark Eyes. Yeah, you are Dark Jambes, Jambin, Safaredge. And yeah. I was and you Laugh are Jamkis Lord Laughshield. Little tiny Lord <laughs> Laughshield. Uh, but we, we, it was also kind of funny listening to the reactions of people listening to the episode. For example, CC Cummings said, was not excited when I saw the episodes about Dungeons and Dragons, but you must have cast a mighty spell because you won me over and had me laughing out loud. Thank you, Dark Eyes, Dragonborn, and Lord Laughingstock. I am Dragonborn. So close. So close. That is awesome. Yeah, but thank you everyone for listening. Go check it out if you haven't. And even if you're a little you know, worried about a D&D show or ever playing the game, it's a pretty good intro. And I Mm -hmm. think myself, I would play again. I would too. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, it's it's like, you know, like acting in audio. What? Whoa. Yes. Uh, also, I wanted to bring up the fact that we just had a Bacon Council meeting this past week. Yes, we did. Uh, where we got together with members of the Bacon Council. We bought, uh, bought them dinner and we were able to have a nice meeting and talk about upcoming shows. It was a lot of fun and it's all because they're part of the Bacon Council, which is one of our tiers at patreon.com slash bacon sale. So if you want to join them, go to patreon.com forward slash bacon sale and get all the secret secrets that we talk about at the Bacon Council. There's a lot of cool stuff there. And honestly, the Bacon Council... We give them some pretty sweet perks. Like, I'm a little it's worried, though. And we really like them. I'm worried, though, because we expose some secrets, and I'm worried that if, heaven forbid, they ever leave the Bacon Council, they'll still have those secrets. I had them sign a non-disclosure. Oh, we're good then. Yeah. Like, you could kill them if they broke the NDA? I don't know if you know how NDAs work. <laughs> but is that what you're going to do? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're not talking about NDAs today. What are we talking about today, Jacob? Today, we're trying something new. We're going to play Does It Hold Up, basically. And we have watched four old comedies. Oh, don't say old. Yeah, yeah no, it's not say old. I'm saying that sounds like a millennial. It's like they're so old. It was like 1995. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Doesn't so, feel like it. Yeah. So, uh, how old are these? About 25 years? Yeah, we're going this Plus, the, the oldest one 30. is 1989. Yes. So, 30 years. We've had this idea stewing for a while. And generally, it was like, yeah, we should see if these movies are still good, but we're never going to take the time to watch these older movies. But we purposely made it a rule to watch four movies, and thankfully, our fourth one was chosen also on Patreon. And so we... Each chose a movie going into here, and I don't know if the we want to give was, the movies now. Well, we can, but I was going to say the criteria was we wanted to choose movies that we hadn't seen yeah. for a long time, but that we watched in our youth and enjoyed. Like, I, do we say about 20 years? Like, we, we shouldn't have seen this in the last 20 years. Yeah. Uh, well, the problem was you kept saying that, Yeah. but then I was like, I own that one. I own that one. 
I own that one. Like I, like all these movies you guys are throwing out, these old comedies that you were wondering if they yeah, held Yeah, but the, one, like, the oh. ones we brought up, though, did, did, did any of those One of them the I had criteria? seen recently enough mm-hmm. uh, that it was still counted as I hadn't seen it for a long time, and then I just watched it again just before we did the show. Okay. Like we didn't choose Porky's because Joel watched that series like a week ago. Yeah, he invited right? me over so like two weekends ago. Event. <laughs> of course it is. Porky's. <laughs> so, Why are you bringing up Porky's? Because <laughs> that's the kind of show this may turn into. Porky's? So, <laughs> you think Bakersfield's going to turn into Porky's? <laughs> I sure hope not. Okay, <laughs> lest any of my nieces and nephews who listen to the show look that up. Just so you know, Porky's is a raunchy comedy from the 80s. It's about pigs. No. It's an yes. animated it's movie from DreamWorks. No, it's not. About little pigs. They're going to yeah. look it up. <laughs> Don't look it up. It's a raunchy comedy. They're going to now that you've said it. Family friendly to both So we had some rules. We met over the past week. We watched these four movies, and the rule was... Put your phone away and pay attention because comedies are something that really demand you pay attention because you may have liked something back in the 90s and laughed at a joke or some crass bit of comedy, but maybe there's something in the background that you didn't notice. Maybe there is a a hidden joke somewhere. This is why comedies are the most dangerous one to choose to go back and watch because they're the most susceptible to aging badly. Yes. You know, like... I don't know. Those techno movies age pretty badly. The techno sci-fi. No, those Like the net. Hackers. (laughs) That is great. <laughs> Hackers is pretty cool. But here's the thing about it is back in the day when we watched these movies, there were no real major distractions in the palm of your hand. But nowadays, and Kent, you probably do this too, Jacob. I don't know if you do. But when I'm watching a movie, I'm checking IMDb to see who that person was or maybe flipping over I'm to editing a show. Twitter to see what that actor's yeah. up now. Like I actually pay pretty good attention. In fact, if someone else starts talking to me, even if it's a stupid show, I pause. Oh, you do? Yeah, I can't. I can't handle it. I'm like, no, like a deer I mean, in headlights. He doesn't even say anything. He just stares. See, he pauses it and just stares. At I'm, the I'm generally cuddling, and you with know, whom? Generally, lady friends. <laughs> this isn't the Game of Thrones episode, Kent. <laughs> Generally, lady friends. <laughs> Generally, that was my band's That's name in what college. I was laughing at. <laughs> Generally, uh, like let's I fill in the other forty. I don't want to be overt about it, but yeah, like it's like, hey, let's watch a movie we both like, and then you know, you don't watch the whole movie. It That's happens. all. That happens. Yeah. And Are so, you saying this is what happened with these no, shows? No, this, these ones, I was like making Back off, general ladies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they sound so serious and strict. But uh, yeah, so we have... <laughs> You're getting, getting excited. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? What's happening to this show? <laughs> See, I told you it's going to turn into Porky's. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Most time that movie's been referenced in the last decade by any podcast ever. <laughs> So that's going to be our our deep dive show is going to be about. No, it's not. (laughs) So we chose we have four movies that we are going to talk about and and talk about maybe some of the better jokes, uh, maybe what the director or cast has done. And if you haven't seen these movies, we'll let you know if you should. But That that is the idea. Do they hold up? Bacon cell approved. So this is the question that we just came up with. I think this was Joel's. It's should this one have stayed in our memories? For example, is it safer there? For example, I remember on our non-Disney animated show, we talked about Land Before Time. Yes. And I had these fond, fond memories of Land Before Time. And then I watched it as an adult and I was like, holy cow, this movie is slow and not There's that There's still exciting. great parts to it, though. There were. But it just it was one of the things where I, I was like, I kind of wish I'd left that in my memories because I had such a positive feeling for it. And now I don't have as many positive feelings towards that movie. Yeah, that's so, true. But that's the thing. Some yeah. of these movies, they, in my memory, they were hilarious. But then I watch them again and I'm like, oh, wow, this is really awkward and uncomfortable. Yep. And we may do uh, follow-up episodes of this where maybe we choose a different genre or maybe even more comedies. Yeah. yeah. But let's get started. Indeed. What is our let's first movie? Get started. 
Our Remember. first movie is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, released in February of 1989. Two seemingly dumb teens set off on a quest to prepare the ultimate historical presentation with the help of a time machine. And we talked about this one on our time travel episode uh, two years ago, I think. And just references always. Listen, yeah. do you guys have any like cool background facts you want to share first? Oh, well, real quick, like the director is Stephen okay. Herrick. He did 101 Dalmatians. The uh, live action one. The live action. Mr. Holland's Opus, The Mighty Ducks, The Three Musketeers, and Critters. And Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Well, yeah, Sure. The, one of our favorites. The writers from this movie have done a goofy movie, Mom and Dad Save That'll the World. That'll be the deep dive episode. Men in Black, the Now You See Me trilogy, and yes, there's going to be a third one. Oh, wow. uh, Super Mario Brothers, and the upcoming Bill and Ted Face the Music. The third movie. So they're taking the original writers... That would. This is a, clearly a very dated, very California-heavy movie, and now they're going to give them a, a huge movie in 2020. All right, are you guys ready for a funny reveal? Yeah, sure. I had never seen this movie. What? Yeah, I thought I, I had. I don't understand. I thought that We've I had. We've talked about this so many times. So I apparently I had seen Bogus Journey. Oh yeah, yeah. As a the child, sequel? yeah. And did you judge us every time that we said we loved this movie? And assume I still like Bogus Journey. Well, I mean, it's likable, but it's no excellent adventure. Uh, yes, I did. But honestly, but it was like through the, the lens of like a 12-year-old or 13. I, whenever it was that I saw Bogus Journey, then I had that vague memory of it and always thought it was excellent adventure. And I went to watch it. And I'm like, I've never seen this. Wow. I don't know anything that's going that's on. That's great, though, because that, that means that this is going to be a fresh experience for you. Yes, it was. So this one was one I watched all the time. Like, I had lines memorized. I still have lines memorized from this movie. For instance? Just things of, like, you know, Abraham Lincoln when he's saying, you know, be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. Perfect. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this had a budget of $6.5 million, and it made wow. $40.5 million. So it's surely a lot since... It, it, and once again, this is the introduction of Keanu Reeves. Yes. And Alex Winters. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> you say, Who's in Lost uh, Boys? You say, you say just the movies. It's true, Jacob, because they also had two TV shows. They had a Universal Studios stage production. They had a serial. I think they had a soundtrack. Like They, they had all sorts of tie-ins to this movie. Yeah. It was a surprise hit because this, this whole movie was based on... On a comedy sketch, these two the two writers did, mm -hmm. where they get up and talk about historical f events as these two idiots, and they decided to make a movie out of it and had no idea the impact it was going to have. Well, it, it feels like a student project. So, I mean, that makes sense. Like yeah. the whole thing, it just, it feels well, like it's like an after school movie, except made so it's a, a little better. It's generally just a concept made into something very entertaining because the movie starts out and Rufus is talking to us talking about how the future was saved by these two rockers. Yeah. And then it becomes a weird bro comedy. Well, I mean, surfer bro comedy, not a bro comedy. Yeah. And it just becomes weird and becomes a, a you know, a Doctor Who adaptation. Well, so yeah, originally, yeah. It, originally it was supposed to be a 1969 Chevrolet van was yeah. their time machine. But then they thought it was too close to the Back to the Future, so they switched to a phone booth, which... Is is Doctor closer. Who, yeah. So, like, yeah, they—I don't know what they were exactly thinking. And, and if we're, yeah, but I had no used a hot tub. I had no concept of Doctor Who as a kid. Of course, so not. to me, it was like, oh, cool. You're like those phone booth. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Those Brits stole the idea from Bill and Ted's. How dare they? Well, this <laughs> back this phone in time. Booth definitely was not bigger on the inside because both Keanu uh, Reeves and Alex Winters have both commented that they hated the scenes where they had to film inside the phone booth because it was always just hot and crowded and terrible. Yeah. Well, yeah, when they had all those people in there. In, yeah. It's funny because, you know, we see as most movies fail, 
like especially in the 80s, they're like in the year 2017 mm-hmm. and they're flying cars or a post-apocalyptic world. And it's really funny. Well, in this movie, like the uh, the weird lawnmower man. Uh, t- uh, no, don't or whatever they are. lawnmower man. No, like the visuals are lawnmower. The time man. circuits. Yeah, the time circuits. Oh, yeah, that, was, that was great. It's bad. <laughs> it's <laughs> you fine. Know. I thought it was funny. It's the I concept mean, it's... of the phone booth. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you're like, OK, if there's anything that dates this movie besides their slang. It's the special effects here. It is. But I'll tell you what, the reason why I think this movie is able to still, I'll say it, hold up today, is because it's kind of trapped in that period and therefore it becomes an icon of that period. Like other movies are dated and it just feels dated. This one's like an 80s movie, feels 80s, looks 80s. And so it's become this bubble, impenetrable bubble of like, it doesn't feel dated. It's like a time capsule. Okay. Would you say this is good still because of Keanu Reeves? Or if we didn't know Alex Winters or Keanu Reeves at this point, this would still be a favorite movie? I think this I think this would still be a favorite movie only because for the longest time, Keanu Reeves was Ted. Like, that was the only thing I knew him from. And the reason why I gave him any other chances was because he was Ted, he, he was Ted Theodore Logan. But not really for that long because then you had Speed in 95. He was always Ted to Neo me. Neo in 99. Still Ted to me. Wow. He was Ted much on a bus. Much Ado is Ted in a computer. First. Yeah, Much Ado. He's yeah. always been. Ted in Shakespeare. <laughs> he was A little Ted. bit, yeah. In fact, Keanu Reeves, I think, expressed at one point that he was worried his epitaph would be, here life's Keanu Reeves, he played Ted. <laughs> but uh, so would you say it's ever evergreen comedy? I would say on, yeah, only because, yes, it's that time capsule, because the whole, the way they speak, the way they interact, mm-hmm. the way they dress, it's so fun to look back at but like, oh yeah. It's irrelevant. I think it's only a time capsule because it, nothing about this applies to the real world at this point. But it applied to the world then. It's, it did. In, in fact, the but whole does movie that means a history does hold up, right? I think so. I think so. I, I think this movie, as I was watching it, I I forgot how much I loved the music. Like even that opening song, I can't break away. Ding, 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 but removing nostalgia so glasses because you must in this show. But that's just yes, it. Yes, indeed. Thought, I, I had the hardest time taking off those nostalgia glasses. And in fact, they may have still been on the bridge of my nose the entire time. I still objectively think that, and I, I, I can prove this by saying I had, I did show this one to my kids. They thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, they really enjoyed this movie. Now, was there anything that was a little bit crass or went over your head or your kids' heads? We used clear play. Okay. So I didn't, ha- I didn't have to hear him say certain words that may not be... Like guess a number. <laughs> well, and that, okay. So the guess a number thing, Kent. Yeah. My, my wife and I were talking about this. I actually think, in my mind as a kid... I thought it referred to the year of music. Like <laughs> you were so cute <laughs> up until they're rockers. It made sense <laughs> Tell his wife told him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like, and there's other words in there that definitely wouldn't be used today in movies. Uh, but I feel like, in fact, there are. There's one S word, one H word, a slur, and nine S words spoken in French. Yes. So the majority most, of the evil is Napoleon. Is Napoleon is Napoleon's in this movie. Yes, and I would say the Napoleon scenes are the highlight of the movie. Because so when funny. they when they time jump and pick people up, they're kind of pointless sketches. Like rewatching this movie, I'm like, cool, you picked up Socrates or Socrates. And you, you, you didn't said, like when he does dust. I love dust Kansas, in the wind. Dust in the wind. But it's like it's here and there, and then they pick him up and it's like, okay, cool, let's get back to San Dimas. I think the Napoleon scenes are the highlight. Ziggy Piggy. That or the water baby. slide scenes. Yes. You, by the way, that the direct- montage was crazy long of him doing the water slide. Yes, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm literally I'm watching. I'm like, is, is this still, still going, going on? <laughs> like, it's been like ten minutes of Napoleon on water slides. Like, why Napoleon is Napoleon at Waterloo? 
but yeah. I so the thing is okay, Ziggy Piggy. By the way, the two directors of the movie are the ones are who they, are who bring the, the waiters, ice cream, who bring okay. the ice cream to him. Right. Napoleon, the guy who plays Napoleon, is actually Australian. Is he? Yeah, I thought he was French this whole time, but he's not. Uh, but you speak of words that are used in there. Lie. There are seventy uses of dude throughout the movie, as well as thirty uses of excellent. excellent. What's the legacy of this movie other than dude wears my car? This well, this movie. Okay, by the way, Germany. I didn't. I didn't write the word down, but apparently, like this. Oh yeah, there this was word. Like, there's a word that was created for this movie that Germans still use today as kind of slang, like cool really? or excellent. Now, Joel, I've been asking you a lot of questions, but Jake, I need to know. Yes. Okay. Was yes. this laugh out loud funny? Were there guffaws in this movie? Guffaws. Gosh. I first there was honestly a ton of smirking, right? Like it, it was smirk worthy, just almost start to finish. Like what for real? For real, this is happening? <laughs> oh my gosh, really? Um, you know, one thing before I answer that question, I was really impressed by how smooth the editing was. Yeah, the whole thing is is really tight. Other than Napoleon on the water slides, which felt like they were just having, they, they were like, how do we, the how time. do we fill yeah. in this time? Yeah, and like, and in the mall a little bit, but like the storytelling well, was, awesome. it was really tightly edited. Yeah. I, you know, I was I was surprised by that. Um, guffaws, I don't remember any, but I did laugh. I did laugh. But the main thing I, I went away thinking is how. It just kind of like time capsule is exactly right, Joel. It's like this doesn't apply to absolutely any piece of the world I recognize today. But if we go back to around 1990, it's like, okay, okay, I get it. Well, and I think one of the reasons this movie succeeds in in time travel, but also in general, is because it does not take itself too seriously. It's like oh, it we're, playing, we're playing seriously. fast and loose with these rules. I'm going to make yeah. a garbage can fall on my dad somehow at this exact moment. <laughs> yeah. And, it, it like, and then even when he's like, set a timer. Remember a garbage can. I'm like, well, wait, what? When he, when he says set a timer on this tape recorder to play at this and specific time. And it falls in the prison ceiling. And I remember thinking to myself, have I ever had a tape recorder that had a timer on it of when to play? No. But in the, in the movie, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. Also, I've never had, and I don't know if you guys did, have any of your school reports been done in an auditorium with the entire school? The watching? entire school. Yeah, that was a little strange. Uh, I was like, I have a couple of questions for you guys. Okay. Please. Who would you share this movie with? Would you share it with anyone? Oh, yeah. I, I, this is when I showed my kids to introduce them to the concept of time travel movies. Okay. I, would, I would share it with the younger audience because if they are, if someone's 13, they're a lot smarter than we were when we were 13 <laughs> or that age. So I would show I it know, to... I've seen some YouTube videos. Probably, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, 10 or 11 year olds and hope that they find it funny, at least likable. Yeah. Because I think if they're too old, they'll be like, what is happening? Unless, unless this trend of their style or their humor somehow comes back around in this decade. Who knows? We're doing the third one. But yeah, a younger audience for sure. It's definitely not a movie for adults. This is a movie for... It is kids. kids. Yeah, tweens kids, is yeah. exactly Wild right. stallions. And then they do the air guitar <laughs> and the air guitar plays over Bogus. the movies. Yeah. Would you watch it again? Totally. I own this one. <laughs> <laughs> I own the I own both of them. 100%. 100%? Yeah. Date night? Yeah. Snuggle up and Could not finish it? Could you cut to this movie? Yes. Absolutely. Honestly, it seems like a perfect one for that. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because he's going to call her a bodacious babe no, and they're no, going the for princesses. a kiss. <laughs> he's going to be like, let me educate you culturally. <laughs> So when they kidnap Beethoven, everyone reacts to the phone booth arriving except for Beethoven. Why? Because he's deaf. Because he's deaf. Then when he goes into the mall and the guy's like, here, let me show you something. And he turns on the synthesizer. Yeah. And all of a sudden Beethoven's like, oh, this is amazing music. And I'm like, wait a minute. He's deaf. You established that earlier in this movie. It was needed for the montage. But even as a kid. Man, that didn't even cross my mind. Uh, By the way, did you recognize Joan of Arc? 
No. She is Jane Wild- Wild- Whedon? Whedlin from the Go-Go's. She's oh. one of the one of the main people okay. in the Go-Go's. Okay. Fun story. I had a major crush on one of the princesses as well. The Dark haired princess. Oh, Mercy. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Still do. Her name's Mercy, huh? <laughs> yes. Oh, Mercy. All right. Should this be remade? No. Ever? No. Well, it is being remade. No, it's, it's, remade. A, it's, a, it's a sequel, yeah. Yeah, but it's being relaunched to a new audience because think, new audience has not seen this movie. Man, 2020. Yeah. That seems weird. Is that going to do well? They've talked about the this sequel. It's got Keanu Reeves in it. Since so. like <laughs> this point, that's all they legitimately counts. talked about the sequel since 2010, and now it's finally being remade. And it seems honestly, I like the plot. We've talked about the plot before, but with the same writers, I feel like they were good then, and I don't know if they'll grab onto humor now. Is uh, is old Bill and Ted doing the same shtick going to be as funny? Because it's no. like when I didn't see Dumb and Dumber yet, but I feel like. It, seeing it's Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels doing horrible. that shit and they're older is just not yeah. funny. It's yeah. Dumb and Dumber too, because Dumb and Dumber is oh, the right. prequel. Yes. Why I do I know one, this? Which is also terrible. If it follows the same vein of, as Cobra Kai, it could be pretty good. Which would be great. I, yeah, that's very unlikely. It's very right. unlikely because yeah. that's a certain kind of camp. Okay. Yeah. Anything else we want to say about this one? I would say uh, rewatching this, I never went, ha, yeah, it's awesome. But it, this movie is so darn likable. I was smiling the entire Get time. It is. It's just, stupid likable. Just never laughing. And I wanted to, but yeah. I went, man, I sure like you movie. It's situationally yeah, that, that funny. That's kind of me. So I have played my hand. I think it does hold up. Kent, does it hold up? It holds up. Jacob, does it hold up from your not seeing it before? <laughs> I Kind of like I said before, the quick answer is yes. I especially would encourage someone to watch it if they want to experience culture from that era mm-hmm. but if they it's expect like it, for the 90s but if they expect it to hold up it'd be like i'm going to connect to this movie today i don't know if no. that's going to happen because that's that's just not going to happen no no tween is because connect everyone to has now. seen this where it's like you're going to get an f in school unless you do this grand thing okay but have they? it's basically like go look at how ridiculous this was 30 years ago it's so cool you're going to laugh the whole time yeah yeah and they have a time machine just so ted won't go to military school mm-hmm. like well, you can do anything with okay. the time machine first of all they have a phone booth with a phone book where you have to dial yeah. numbers yeah. yeah there's a lot of like the of, phone book it's like oh wow yeah yeah anyway. all right let's move on okay what's next our second uh, pick was So I Married an Axe Murderer from July 1993. A San Francisco poet who fears commitment suspects his girlfriend may have a knack for killing off her significant others. And which sounds like a weird concept for a comedy, but a rom- romantic comedy. But and director was Thomas Schlamm, who did episodes of The Wonder Years and Friends and Mad About You. So mostly very just 90s. TV, really interesting. Mostly yes, starring Mike Myers, who you may recognize from Shrek and Austin Powers. You may not recognize him anymore. Uh, yeah, Wayne's and then World, Nancy Saturday Night Live, uh, written by a guy who wrote the upcoming movie Grand Daddy Daycare. No, they're doing another Daddy Daycare. Grand Daddy Daycare. Gosh. By the way, the only returning cast member is George Went. No. <laughs> I think alive? he wasn't even the original. <laughs> I think he was in the sequel. Went still alive? <laughs> I think so. Uh, by the way, this... <laughs> it's CG, actually. It's CG George Went. Uh, okay. Had, okay <laughs> th- this had a budget of $20 million, which was pretty common for that type of movie around that time. But box office was only $11.5 million. $20 million? That seems kind of high for a I little comedy. I thought so, too. But yeah. then I, was, I was looking around the, at the gross, highest grossing movies of the year, and they're all about $20 huh. million. So this was, uh, this was the Mike Myers vehicle... I mean, he had been on Saturday Night... He was on Saturday Night Live at the time. Uh, Wayne's World was just a year before. So this was kind of his starring role. Let's put him out there as a non-SL character, as a leading man in a romantic comedy and see how it did. And didn't do well. It didn't do well. But that was a surprise to me because I swear 
Everybody was quoting this movie back in the day. Do you He's think it's yeah. a regional no. thing? I wonder if it's just like regional for people Let's that were... Jacob. Look at the size of that boy's head. But I mean, for people that really love PG-13 comedies, this rang true. This was originally meant to be a Woody Allen or Albert Brooks style movie. Yeah. Even Gary Shandling was meant to be the main I think character. Chevy Chase was in there at one point. Yeah, too. he was like the last guy they considered. And it had this plot that was very similar to a Woody Allen movie. And then Mike Myers came in and kind of steamrolled the entire thing. He he did a lot of rewrites, him and his buddy. And then his buddy would come Apparently get Apparently he's a real rough guy to work with. Well, because he had an idea of what he wanted the movie to be. And I don't know what it would have been like otherwise. I think it turned out okay. Uh, it was funny because it's, 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 this is definitely 90s as well. So because 90s. there's a part yeah. where he's, he's watching A Current Affair while using a thigh master. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so like nostalgic to look back at these things. Even that boom, yeah. current affair sound effect. But I mean, was beatnik poetry big in the 90s? No. Like what, uh, Mike Myers plays a character he named just Charlie. fun with it. That's what he brought into it because he wanted to be a hipster feel. And so he put it in San yeah. Francisco. And it was all about the, you know, like in France, right? They were at the coffee shop all the time. And this was that kind of movie. Except he wasn't at the coffee shop all the time. He just went there to go read a poem and that's how he made a living. <laughs> I still don't understand it. <laughs> and drove a pretty nice yeah, car. Did he have a job? He he's a poet. That's what they call him is he's a poet. And I'm like, mm. yeah, but poetry doesn't pay the bills, bro. Also, one thing I didn't notice while watching this movie, and maybe I watched it mostly on TV when I was young, three F words in this movie for a PG-13 movie. Three. There's three. Three. Where's the third? The ones when he's talking about the Scottish fighting style. Mm -hmm. The ones when the phone gets hit by an axe. Where's the other one? There's another one. Where? Do you want me to... Does does the Scottish fighting style count? Because he kind of says it differently. It It counts. We we had to mute it as kids, so it counts. The the language is, you know, a little bit sparse, but these are things I didn't really get when I was younger. Well, really any crass references in any comedy, I didn't understand. Well, and there's other parts that I was like, I was thinking I'd actually show this one to my kids because I'm like, you know, it's kind of a darker comedy. That could be fun for him to see. But there's a couple scenes where I went, I don't want my kids seeing that. Yeah. Why did I watch this when I was their age? Yeah. But and and speaking of like butts. when he comes to, when he, exactly <laughs> when he comes down in the towel to meet the friend, I'm like, why would you come downstairs in the towel? Because he's excited to see the friend. But that's when it yeah, shows his bum. So yeah, but it doesn't make any sense. This like, movie, even more than Bill and Ted's, and this movie leading on to our next two, is really where the main comedian, the lead in each movie just owns their comedy in the movie because there's so many Mike Myers moments here. Mm. There's a script and then there's Mike Myers playing Mike Myers. Like at the very beginning, one of the first things that happened is you watch this giant coffee cup handed to him and then he gives this, he literally does like a 30 second bit on how big the cup is as like a stand-up routine to the camera. And it's always like, I remember every time I watch that, I'm kind of like, the Campbell's uh, Cup, Ochino. <laughs> My side, et de moi. <laughs> um, not that I can actually. Put, when I was a kid, this movie started. When finish. I loved Mike Myers, and I really did, I re- I appreciated that. Now watching it, it made me cringe. Truthfully, yeah, no, he's cringeworthy. The, yeah. the opening it, part he, is cringeworthy. It's honestly when he's playing other people that I'm like, okay, this is like when, you when are the talented. Dad? Like, is the dad is great? The dad's a great character. So here's the funny Stewart thing about that. Here's the funny thing about that. They they did the table read. They didn't have the dad cast. So Mike Myers just did the voice for the dad. They loved it so much they made him a second character. Sharon Stone was actually attached to this movie at first, and she wanted to play dual roles or dual roles as Harriet and, and Rose. Rose. Okay, oh, and they funny. said, "No, we don't want you doing dual roles." She's like, "Fine, I'm out." And so they had to pull in Nancy Travis last minute. Huh. Well, it's good. Nancy Travis is the real shining star here. There is so much for her to do. Like not only, and if you haven't seen this movie, go watch it. But she has to act. Interested in Mike Myers and also worried about which what is could which is pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, which 
Okay, so here, here's hey, the, the, whole, the whole point of the movie. Is there the whole any point chemistry the there ever? Is that Mike Myers, uh, Charlie, is not sure if Harriet, his girlfriend, is a killer that is talked oh, about in the Weekly World Did we never do news. the premise? We didn't we, do we the, did. Oh, we But did. I'm boiling it down just for that reason, because she plays a great role of you don't know if she's innocent or if she's, she's guilty. quite good. Yeah. And she does a good job of playing both of those. Also, and going back to the Mike Myers comedy thing, he is the kind of guy you invite to a party and he's telling jokes three minutes after everyone forgets about like what was actually funny <laughs> because he takes every situation and adds a joke to it. Like when they're in the bathtub and he has to answer the phone. Like I it's a love sketch. that part. It was really? funny, but it's not um, funny. Yes. Could you beat the car around? It's not <laughs> funny anymore. So I laughed. Again, I feel like that has I no replay laugh. value whatsoever. Yeah. This one made me laugh a lot. But there are really funny parts in this movie. For example, like what anytime Stewart's his dad on screen mm-hmm. and they're just watching TV. It's yeah. it's great. I don't know. There's a timeless nature to one of my favorite lines. The impersonation the, the awkward, of his Scottish dad. Yeah, one of my exactly. favorite lines is when after he yells at his kid about how big his head is, and he leans over to Tony, he's like, Well, that was off size, wasn't it? He's gonna cry himself <laughs> to sleep tonight on his huge pillow. And by the way, That's Anthony so Anthony LaPaglia. I love that. It was actually busting up. Yeah, those oh, no, the it, you cuts. can see it there. It's yeah. like, oh, he can't even contain himself. Like, he's well, just this, dying. And this, this had a ton of cameos from different comedians. Like, Stephen Wright is the pilot in the plane. Yeah. Charles Grodin is the man in the so car. Good. Alan Arkin is the cop, which uh, I think is a great role great for Alan role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phil Hartman good. in this movie. Yeah, Phil, Phil Hartman. Hartman. Yes, Vicky. <laughs> Probably my favorite moment because he's telling this terrible, grisly story about <laughs> yes. prison. And, and then it's, it ends terribly. And he says, this way to the cafeteria. Yeah. I was like, oh, that got me. No, that was a funny. That was a funny part. Uh, but okay, so here's the thing about Mike Myers playing dual roles: is it didn't feel to me like a Tyler Perry or Eddie Murphy type thing where it was, you know, look how funny I am. It legitimately felt like a different character. Yeah, he's good at to it. To me, like he's it, genuinely like, good he's at better it. at that than he is at playing Charlie. No, but yeah, then, he's better at the other roles than like being like himself or being like just like a guy. But yeah, can I ask you a question? The mom, who was actually the pigeon lady from Home Alone 2. Oh, you're right. Uh, but the mom, her hitting on Tony, was that not a little weird for everybody? She, like, hits on Mike Myers' best friend, Charlie's best friend. I thought it was funny. And the whole time I was like, why, why are we going with the subplot here? Like, no, but these, like, weird old comedies, it's like you always have to force that awkward interaction that, you know, that just is, like, the cringe comedy, yeah. you know? That's all it is. Also, I wanted to point out, because Kent brought this up, you know, not having any distractions, yes. watching the movie... There, I read this that apparently you know you guys remember the love uh, montage when they're falling in love to in a butcher shop and they're chopping up meat and it's so long cattle skulls so long. and it's so Mike Myers heavy and it's not very funny. I actually really enjoy it because the music. I love that the music. song, The Rush. But I also like when he hits the cow and starts making noises and everyone looks in the back. Yeah. But here's the thing: apparently Mike Myers was so distracting that Nancy Travis actually cut off the tip of her finger in real life while they were <sighs> shooting, and had to wear a band aid. They stitched it back together. I saw the band aid. In the part where she's comforting when they were in bed and she like has his hand on his shoulder. Really? I saw the Band-Aid and I was like, oh, it's true. It's all true. Oh, the 90s where they just had to shoot the same day. Yeah, exactly. Jeez. So yeah, watch out for that. Watch for the Band-Aid on her finger. So once again, Jake, you've been a little quiet on your thoughts on this movie. Have I? Yeah. So you said Mike Myers is too much. Some scenes went on too long. Did you guffaw at this movie? Guffaw? Gosh. Because it's a comedy. It's a straightforward comedy. You know what? No, this one is it's like... It's a dark comedy. This one hits like mild entertaining notes for me. It's like there's there's moments like the whole dad scene with, you know, it's like an orange on a toothpick. I can't... Uh, however, yeah. Scottish accent. How's it go, Joel? It's like his hair is like an orange on a toothpick. Yeah, like an orange it's on like a Sputnik. toothpick. Like, Spherical, but quite pointy in parts. Yeah. And <laughs> What's it from? What's oh, it from? Stop it. Stop. There's a game Joel does, and I hate it. <laughs> 
Anyway, he's like, head, move, you no. know, and uh, like all that crap. That's funny stuff, you know. And, Piper down. And then, Piper down. <laughs> and uh, yeah, oh. there, there's like there's these bits where I'm like, oh, that's that's just great comedy. And then there's other parts like we're talking about, like with the cappuccino. It's the like, oh, this poetry. is so big. Wow. What a big like that, cup like of cappuccino. I'm like, really? Is this funny? I feel like that was him getting his feet wet into his role. Like, honestly, I don't think that movie starts until he turns to Tony and says, why are you dressed like that? Like that's to me, that's when the movie begins. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's okay. It's, it's like mildly amusing. It never, it never really takes off, but it stays mildly amusing. I like it. If you need a, a, a safe kind of movie, I'd recommend it. Well, and I, I, I want to say this and Kent's not going to agree. I know, but I feel like this is a smarter movie only because for example, when he's in the bathroom and and uh, uh, Harriet's there meeting his family, and he starts looking at the Weekly World News, and he looks at the different things. I think like a movie today, every time it showed one of the things on the paper, it would flash back to her telling him, oh, I dated a martial arts expert, or you hear a voiceover saying, oh, I dated a lounge singer. But in this one, you just get to see him read it, and then he just peeks out the door, and you just connect what's happening. And then you don't know. Like, you don't know if she did it or she didn't do it. This is one movie that I think would play better now if it were made today instead of then. Well, who would you cast? Then I actually really liked it back then as well. I don't know who I'd cast, but Joseph someone... Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, someone a little more even keel. <laughs> Does he keel. work still? <laughs> yeah, no. But someone more even keel that is just really likable as the lead. Who's not trying to do SNL skits. Because I feel like the fear, like the fear of commitment is a great story to this day. And mm-hmm. you could use dating apps, even though yeah. that's quite dated. Or it could be like a true crime podcast that was mentioned instead of the Weekly World News. The papers, as they say. I think, you're, I think you're totally right. This is a movie that could be remade, updated, because still hold up. I think Mike Myers as Charlie dates the movie more mm-hmm. than even the music in the movie. And the slam poetry, yeah. although the, the line oh, that of, could happen she stole my heart and my cat. Yeah. That line gets me every time because they show the cat and it's just looking into space <laughs> and it's so good. Which I recognize that actress and I was like, who is she? So I had to, I actually did pause the movie just so I could get on my IMDb and look it up instead of just going through it and be distracted. That's funny. So I don't think this is a hilarious movie. For me, this barely holds up. I'm, I'm with you. It, it just barely. It holds up, but barely. It's like right over the line. It's like, okay, I, I will recommend you. Because it becomes... With- at the end, sorry, Jake. I just no, gotta go. no, that's it. It becomes a PG-13 comedy at the end where this climax, which is ridiculous, incredibly ridiculous. It they gets throw really over the top. And there's, there's shots where, you know, he almost gets hit in the junk, basically. And it's so PG-13. Yeah. And then he stares at the camera, breaks the fourth wall <gasps> about that. Oh, man. When he, kicks, like, when he kicks her and looks at the camera and goes, mm, I guess I had to try. Oh, no. I, I laughed every I think time. Maybe this maybe doesn't hold up. Yeah. That, that's actually where it almost lost me. I was like, I like this, is, this part is way too dated for me. Like, it, it hurts. It hurts my eyes. It hurts my head. I'll tell you this, And honestly, there's a lot of plot holes here because their whole friend that they introduced and not having Nancy Nancy Travis know about the whole plot with everything. I don't know. There's a lot of holes here. I don't don't remember any holes. Remember the friend that came in that hugged him with? Yeah, Ralph. Yeah. And, but Ralph was actually the, the dead husband. Right. It could be both. She could have given him everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems a little That's convenient. That's not a plot hole. She knew. Can't, she you know, knew what Rose was It is confusing. I don't know if it's a plot hole, but it doesn't make sense. What's that? Do you know two people in the same name? Do you relate? Do you have relation? Do you have a friendship with? Two I don't dream the same about name? them and talk about them in my sleep. Uh, actually, you don't notice, but you do. <laughs> I actually talk in my sleep, everybody. <laughs> but this one, I, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I'm I'm just gonna say that I think it holds up the best out of any movie we watch because of the time capsule ca- time capture quality. Yeah. This one, I laughed more than any of the other ones because this one was so near and dear to my heart. In fact, you got to stop it, though. I know. And I take them off. I tried. Yeah. Yeah. But I bought this movie, guys, just so I could own it after watching it 
because I've wanted to own this one for so long that I was like, do you buy oh, physical copies still? I did with this one. Hmm. Who would you show this movie to? My kids, uh, my kids are a little bit older. They, they got to be at least in their teens before they watch this one. Cause there's some stuff there that I don't want them to see quite yet. Yeah. Like Mike Myers, like Mike Myers, butt. <laughs> did <laughs> you notice she, she reaches down and touches, and touches his butt. It. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, so he probably worked out so much for that scene. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Like it doesn't make any sense. Like why are you no. coming down in a towel? Why are you walking forward in a towel? Why are you hugging her in a towel? No, he just he was coming down the stairs to see who was there, and then when he realized it was Ralph, he was so excited he gave her a hug without thinking it's, about no, it. No, he wrote in a whole thing so that he could show his butt in the movie. Like that's that's what happened. You could watch this movie, and it it shows his whole cinematography from then on because you get Shrek and Austin Powers all in. You can this hear movie. Shrek in the dad definitely. Yeah, yeah. I hear Austin Powers sometimes too. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Would you watch it again? Totally. I own it now. I'll, I bought it for the show and I'm keeping it forever. I'm not going to watch this movie for another 10, 15 years at least. Should it be remade? Yes. I this it, more than any movie on the list. I think, I think so it too. could be, but I'd rather it not. This is the only one that I'm like, okay, I would. This, be, this is not sacred whatsoever. What if they gender swap the roles, guys? They could. Uh, oh, but then having a woman fall in love with a possible serial killer on a true crime. That would work. <laughs> that would work. <laughs> it's all of a sudden, it's much more of a serious drama. Women love true crime podcasts. <laughs> Generalization. That's <laughs> what I'm making sales. Generally, ladies. <laughs> Joel, what's the next one? All right, the next one we have is Billy Madison, February 1995. In order to inherit his fed-up father's hotel empire, an immature and lazy man must repeat grades 1 through 12 all over again. And this is directed by Tamara Davis, who also directed Crossroads, Half-Baked, and CB4. I watched this today. Nice. Today. Yep. Did you know she also did like the biggest uh, music videos for Hanson, Tone Loke, Depeche Mode, and Britney did Spears? Did a lot of those, yeah. Yeah, so definitely a music video director. So I, held, this was, I held off on this one because I was afraid to watch it again. <laughs> so this had a budget of $10 million, uh, which is really low considering... Wow. Uh, Those giant parties they were throwing? Yeah. <laughs> and then the box office was $26.4 million. You so, say giant parties like that was more than one scene they shot. I know, right? <laughs> like it was just one thing they shot. <laughs> they literally probably just tore it down, put another one up, tore it down, put another one up. They yeah. had everyone there that one day and they hired a bunch of kids who they paid peanuts. So... Elephant in the Room, this is a very immature movie, beyond belief. What? And this is one that when we reference everyone, I think, but Joel in the world, when you think of Adam Sandler and his glory days, you would say Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. And Joel, what are your thoughts on those two movies? Not a fan. Not a fan. But, you know, and then he gets... But you do like later ones. Yeah. Well, I I like Adam Sandler when he's nice. Because I've heard I don't you, like I heard you say mean. you like Waterboy and you like uh, yeah. Daddy's... What is that one? No, I like Big the Daddy. Wedding, I like yeah. wedding, wedding Singer is probably my favorite. Well, it's Sunday the best movie. one. Yeah. And then uh, I did like I did like Waterboy. Ugh. Mr. Deeds. I like that one. Mr. Deeds. Yeah, that's that's tired Sandler, though. That's when he starts becoming tired. I think Wedding Singer is the pinnacle. A, a pinnacle. Definitely. I would agree. These ones were early Sandler when people were ready for, once again, this SNL dirty humor. Well, and that's the thing. This is his. So this was right before him and Chris Farley got fired from SNL. Yeah. Like this came out in February. They Weird were to think fired, they got fired in May. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see his uh, or hear his monologue when they had him back on recently? Yeah, they did a little song about it. Yeah. 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 He, he did this whole like they fired, fired me. I got fired. And then I'm done. And now I've grossed five billion. <laughs> so I guess you could say I won. Yeah. <laughs> that's good, actually. So yeah. This this movie I mean, we talk about uh, Mike Myers with the opening, oh, oh with the opening kind of stand-up he routine. He can't get outside of his own type of humor. This one literally starts out with Adam Sandler just sitting there and going, the shtick is cringy. Absolutely cringy. 
Also, I want to know if Triscuit paid for paid product placement because they're like, <laughs> I would like a, a delicious Triscuit. A delicious in my Triscuit. Mouth. Did you not give me a delicious Triscuit? I gave you a delicious Triscuit. Like I was like, what? What is going on? Why are we talking about Triscuits? Like, I, I remember Triscuits. I, I want to say they were this. terrible. I spent the whole movie trying to figure out if he was just dumb or if he actually had mental issues. This is this is actually what my wife asked. She goes, is he actually trying to impersonate someone with like uh, mental problems? Like, because why, that's what it looks well, like. Why would grown men act like this? Like, is there anyone actually that, that I mean, he was almost 30 at the time. Maybe it would have worked if he was Guys, younger. This is either the worst performance or the best performance in a movie, because when he was <laughs> when he was under the influence, he acted like this. But when he was going to school, he was an altogether different character. Well, right? he, and he did say, I think, uh, uh, not Billy Madison. What's his name? Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler said that of all his movies, this seems to be the closest to to he's come to playing himself. Which I yikes, yeah, I don't think it's true because I've heard he's a really nice guy, and in this one, he is. Everybody abrasive. likes him. He Everybody like likes really him. Guy. Kate Beckinsale likes him. Like he's a chill dude who doesn't care what people think and just likes to kind of goof around. I like think, he does seem like a nice. I guy. I think he was paid to be himself in this movie, and so for the first twenty minutes, when he's like. Gotta chase the big penguin. What the heck? You know, and he's... And it's it's stupid. It is so dumb. And kind of like Mike Myers, when he forgets about himself and then goes, oh yeah, there's a... And I'm saying this in quotes. Plot to move forward. (laughs) He becomes better at progressing what's meant to happen. Now, I feel like Jacob and I are hating on this movie a lot. Actually, can I give you a quote as soon as you're done with this? Yeah, go for it. After After I finished today, I wrote... Billy Madison is the most shameless, juvenile, nonsensical slew of relentless stabs at abrasive humor that I can remember seeing in a movie. And I say is that... Is there a button there? No. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for the butt, too. Uh, there, Mike Myers I, wasn't an, there. No, that, yeah, that wasn't so very nice for her. Yeah, but at the same time, I have to say it's... all, And I say this with some hesitation because it's almost a brave movie because of how shameless it is. It's like, if I made that, I would be horrified that everyone would think so much less of me as a human being, Mm -hmm. you know, forever, ever having made something that was that insanely juvenile. Like, but he does shamelessly over and over. And then there's songs and it's just, it's so much nonsense. I will go back to school. But then like in that end where he's like, do you have any more gum? Is that just because he couldn't come up with the rhyme? Yes, that's exactly what that was. Well, it's it's the random random dance on the stairs to I'll Tumble For You by The Culture Club. Oh, that was the weirdest part of the movie. I kind of went, wait. Because you hear it in the soundtrack Uh, and probably uh, not in the mansion. uh, uh, I think it was just, uh, it was Sandler being Sandler. Sandler. Yeah, that's all it was. Uh, Also, speaking of, remember we talked about the mom hitting on Tony and saying about Max Murder. Mm -hmm. What was with the maid hitting on I'm Billy sorry. Madison? That was so funny. No, it was funny. It was not funny. I, because I, I remember as a kid, I got a, I got a uncomfortable. Laugh. <laughs> You're super uncomfortable. So, yeah, I laughed out like, loud as a teenager. I remember that. I was trying my best to kind of just like not not look into this movie because it's supposed to be a dumb movie, like like Bill and Ted's. It's supposed to be ridiculous and not take itself too seriously. But this one's meant to be like, but then when he's like damaged. But then when he's like, yeah. who would steal all the lunches? And it shows the bus driver eating all the lunches. One, why would he do that? And two, how did he meet up with Billy's friends? <laughs> <laughs> all three of them are sitting together. And I was like, wait, how do they know each other? Yeah, I just, I keep waiting for like, them to tie it back in and they never do. Just like Jake said, because they've traveled a long way. This is a brave movie for how dumb it is. Yes, it is. I don't so let me give you my experience because when so I chose this movie because I was like, there's got to be a movie among this list that doesn't hold up, and I full on expected to sit down and watch and say, 
I am so ready to hate this movie now because I loved it when I was 13 or 14 years old because mm-hmm. That was the kind of immature humor that I think it was like tension was building at that time. And it's like, ah, that's a dirty toilet joke. And I thought that was funny back then. Right. And it says a lot about you that you didn't find that funny. So good for you, Joel. But I don't know why I liked dumb humor. Because uh, it went too far. It just goes too far Maybe with it. So. But I sat there and I was like, oh, man, I hate Adam Sandler. Why is he dancing on the stairs? Because I don't like Adam Sandler movies. But then it caught me off guard so many times. And I laughed out loud and then I looked around the room because I'm watching it by myself and I said I'm so ashamed right now <laughs> don't laugh at this movie like for example like the field trip like you know yeah what p- got you if peeing your pants is cool then consider me Miles Davis even though I never really found that funny before yeah. I did now because the old lady was so sweet my, my the line I like better for her is when she, when she started talking when she's it talking, that, talking and she's like is anyone listening to me <laughs> yeah no, that was good that was the only that part I smirked I did but I will say I did not laugh once during the entire watching of this movie. Oh, man, I did. Not I once. Did. I, I, I so, did. hold on, but were you so... Cl- like your nostalgia glasses, were you so closed off? Were your arms no. folded? You're like, I will not I laugh. legitimately went... And here's the thing. I legitimately went to, like, thinking, like, okay, let me see if I find this funny. And I remember certain parts being funny. Like, I remember Chris Farley being funny. He wasn't as funny mm-hmm. as I remembered him. Mm-hmm. I remember the part with Steve Buscemi being really funny. I thought it was funny. No, Chris Farley getting overheated while driving the bus is funny. I didn't laugh though. Like I watched that kind of. It was Steve those, Buscemi oh, when yeah. he crosses out the name. Okay, that's, when he crosses out the awesome. name and put the lipstick on and lays that's down. Co- yeah. That's comic brilliance. It is. Right there. No, yeah, that, that, it, that's that's where that's one of those like two percent moments. But of I remember gold. it being yes. laugh out loud, and instead it was just smirk. And I was like, man. I just no, and then they call funnier? it back because he takes out the guy at the end yeah. and just does this cute wave. Yeah, yeah. And after, it, after Eric wave. pulls a gun on Billy Madison, <laughs> it was like the only shot. <laughs> he's at Billy's graduation in the audience. <laughs> Why so would good. they invite Eric? <laughs> Why did they bring a gun? <laughs> for the same reason. That <laughs> Why the did Eric throw something and put his secretary Joel? in a coma for no reason? <laughs> for as stupid as this plot is, <laughs> you describing it makes me like it more. But did, but you guys, did you guys remember that? That he throws something and his, all of a sudden you see his secretary, the actress, the extra. Yeah fall down and then it's like his secretary's in a coma oh, Billy's feeling sorry and I'm like what the clown falling down to the party killed me Did really? back then everyone laughed at him and he's and bleeding his out mouth of the mouth is bleeding and but he wasn't dead he just got a broken leg and a hemorrhage in his head that's all <laughs> they killed off an entire family in a station wagon <laughs> the O'Doyles <laughs> the O'Doyles for doing rolls. nothing more than being by the a way schoolyard there bully. would be no Steve Holt without the O'Doyles let's be honest maybe yeah listen here's how this movie breaks down 80% of this is unwatchable. Drivel. I mean, it is just cringing. I mean, almost like nauseating. And then you've got about like... The third grade is cool. I really enjoy the third grade Oh, third grade, grade is parts. fun. Yeah. yeah, there's some cute parts there. And then, you're and, like then you've, and then you've got like, I don't know, oh, 13% yeah, of like, this is tolerably cute or interesting, and which is a lot of the third yeah, grade. It's really cute, casual groping and looking up people's <laughs> Hey, 80%, 80%, I said. And then you have this little bit that's okay. Then you have like two or 3% that's funny. That's just like deeply, deeply funny. Okay, gentlemen. This one made me gut laugh. 2%, Joel. I got laughed four times in this movie, and I was very ashamed, truthfully. And Um, I wish I didn't. Billy Madison is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever seen. At no point in this rambling, incoherent movie (laughs) was it even close to anything that could be considered clever comedy. Everyone in this room and listening to this podcast is dumber now for having heard us talk about it. I award it two stars and may heaven have mercy on Adam Sandler's soul. Two stars <laughs> is pretty good. Two stars is only <laughs> for seeing the most better than Marnie. He likes it more time. than Marnie. <laughs> Do it's you like better. the movie more than Marnie? Yes. 
<gasps> what? Yes. That's Jake, you nuts. have to say this holds up now. <laughs> <laughs> that line is so brilliant, though. Like, that whole thing is so great. It's delivered just But perfectly. if you remember, my two-star rating is essentially saying, I don't like it. You I can, can understand why people, why people do. do. But even then, it was pushing it because I almost gave it a 1.5 because I was like, no, no one should like this movie. It's, it's a terrible grating, movie. In a way. Oh, it's yeah. totally great. It's nails on a chalkboard. It is, but it Joel... Is. It's a comedy. In comedies, I, obviously, you want a comedy to be great. But a comedy, if it surprises you with humor, it makes you laugh when you oh, don't with think humor. you should. There you go. With humor. No, this movie has Surprises moments. are surprises with humor. That's what we're saying. You know, Jake and I have said this movie has its rare golden moments. Yeah. And rare you callbacks. To, it's that basically work. bronze it's, moments. Listen, so let's not get no, crazy. Listen, this, is, this is dumpster diving. And you are sticky and gross. And you smell. And then you find a Rolex. Like, that's what this is. Why wow. are we finding a Rolex here? You're saying there's a Rolex in here or is it like a Timex? No, no, like the guy you just quoted, right? You're watching that whole movie and you're like, how do I even endure this? And then he gives that line and you're like, exactly. But it's just the ones that everyone and would just, quote. It just Joel, rings the only, so the only reason I know that moments. The only reason I, I know people like this movie is because I tell you how many times I heard, stop looking at me, Swan. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not funny. Or this kid used to always say, smiley. And I remember it just annoyed me every time he said it. Don't tell me my business, devil woman. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that from Waterboy? No, it's well, it's from all of Adam Sandler's movies yeah. that started here. Yeah. Also, why was Chris Farley helping Adam Sandler with his homework randomly? <laughs> See, that's another funny scene. I remember it being funnier, but then I went, wait, why is he even there? That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You've changed my mind, no, Joel. No, this is terrible. So, it's, Joel, do you think it holds up? No. <laughs> of course, I didn't uh, like it in the first place. So this kind of yeah. a, it's kind of a, a, a not a fair comparison, but I didn't think it I didn't think it was good then. I really don't think it's good now. In fact, I think it's worse now because because of many things that are going to just offend people these days. Okay, Jake? I was shocked in, in one more way by just how, gosh, tenacious it was. It just clung to mm -hmm. this sadistic humor for that whole time. And I kind of have to give it some props for that. Please, heaven, heaven on earth, anything to stop me from ever watching this again. <laughs> you never watch it again. I will never watch this I hope again. I never watch this again. Either. Like, never, ever, like, I... I'm not showing this to my kids. Like, but... Well, yeah. But because it just was never worth all that suffering. But even though I, I absolutely will defend, because there's these moments, because you're just kind of like cringing and suffering through it, and then it just breaks through. with it's just like sunlight in these little brief instances. And it's so funny in those moments. And I laughed, for sure. Was the yeah. brief moment of sunlight the scary lunch lady out of nowhere? That was funny, actually. No, and that's a callback to Lunch Lady Land. It was, but at the yeah, same time, was, like this, this Phil shoehorned in. It was so sloppy. It's these Joe. SNL movies, though. <laughs> oh, haven't you seen these SNL movies where they just shoehorn like, everything? He in? laughs and he's like, "Lady, you're scaring us." <laughs> but it's real because it's scary. Yeah. You know, like I was like, actually, that was pretty good. Mrs. You know? Lippy putting glue on her face. That was what awesome. Was that <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Billy, you're gonna. He have to does. Leave. He does kind of make you like it more, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. The because I hate it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I was pretty negative on this one as well man you've made me like it more and you reminded me of scenes that i like I and i hate face. movie quotes i reminded of you scenes you've liked from a movie you watched two days ago yeah yeah thank you you know i remember this as a teenager like you watch the movie and i remember i laugh a couple times then you start talking about it with friends and it just gets funnier and funnier and funnier it doesn't make any sense same thing happened with austin it's powers it's like a bad date it's terrible in the moment. And then you reminisce, you're like, I guess I can it laugh is. at that because it's so bad. Yeah. It's no, but like during the sometimes. date, there's there's a great there's a great dessert. 
Not a great meal, but a great dessert. What does that mean, Kent? I want to know what that means. Yeah. Too. What kind of what kind of dessert are you getting? <laughs> like strawberry cheesecake. What is that code for, Kent? It's strawberry Stop cheesecake. It. <laughs> General strawberry cheesecake. Let's all, <laughs> let's all just laugh off casual assault and move on. What? <laughs> he wants to make sure no one likes this movie. <laughs> okay. So, Jake, what's your final verdict? No. Okay. It, well, then it's obviously no. Look, I laughed more in this were movie you saying than no I did or the you other saying ones. Yes. I actually had split vote because I wanted to be a tiebreaker. If, if honestly, it depends who I'd be recommending it to. Who would you recommend exactly? To exactly. I'm trying to think. It would have to be someone Here's who didn't care about their own morality. Your, your <laughs> no, nephew no, no. who's been kicked that's, in the head by a mule, like that guy. See, that's yeah. going too far. I would actually say if people actually enjoy Sandler movies at this point, I would say go who, see where go see where it all began. It honestly who, hasn't who changed. Who enjoys much. Sandler now that didn't enjoy Sandler then? Dude, his movies still like his murder mystery movie. Yeah, millions see, of people dude, watched. Oh, it. we should According talk about that on the Bacon Bits. What's Remember that? how Netflix kind of fudges their numbers and people aren't quite well, sure? Who oh, they it? gave exact numbers. No, but no, no, Jacob. They're known for like fudging a bit. No, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't give this guy millions upon millions of dollars if people didn't watch his stuff. Yeah. Hmm. And well, so I, I, should, I would I tell people say, to watch where he started this. For the record, I like Adam Sandler as a person. I actually think he's a, he's kind of a decent person, and I think he's smart too because what he does is say, "Where I, where do I want to go on vacation? Italy. I'm going to film a movie in Italy. Yeah, and that's he's now brilliant. a paid for vacation." Yeah. Okay, so, so this we one, talked about Billy Madison a long time. This one does time. not hold up. No, but no. wait. So what did we say? Bill and Ted's did, and Sir Max Murder did. Yeah, and barely this one yeah. didn't. Barely. I mean, there is a very select audience. I would say it does hold up for, but it's nobody I know. <laughs> you know? And honestly, I don't after, associate with after talking about both, even though I'd say Billy Madison does not hold up, I would watch this one again over So I Married an Axe Murder. Oh, I would not. I, I know so it's crazy. I watched the remake of So I Married an Axe Murder, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't go watch that again. Actually, I love no. So I Married an Axe Murder. And the final one we have for today for our Will It Hold Up, Does It Hold Up show. Who did it come from? Who chose this one? This one was actually chosen by the uh, patrons. Yep. We did a poll. We gave them a couple of movies and they chose this one. What about Bob? What May about 1991. Bob? A successful psychotherapist loses his mind after one of his most dependent patients, an obsessive compulsive neurotic, tracks him down during his family vacation. And this is directed by Frank Oz, who directed Dark Crystal, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, Little Shop of Horrors, and was the voice of Fonzie Bear and Miss Piggy. Also directed Bowfinger and the Stepford Wives remake. Uh, starring Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfuss, this had a budget of $39 million and it made $63.7 million. So moderate success. Hmm. Cards on the table? Yeah. Never liked this movie. Really? When, I, when I grew up watching this movie, it gave me anxiety at a very young age. I was 10 when it came out. Hmm. I probably watched it when I was 12. And I I liked Bill Murray. Did you go to see a psychiatrist about that anxiety? Yeah, I did. Right after. Good. And Good. he got really upset. I actually, I actually blame my misunderstanding of Tourette's syndrome on this movie. Oh, totally. <laughs> because this is one of those stereotypes. Where By the way, once again, you don't, pretty if you harsh it, you don't have it, Joel. Yeah, it's PG. Yeah. Yet they throw out some pretty awful language there in the middle. Um, interesting about this, Richard Dreyfuss and Bill Murray did not get along. No, at all. Both of them make sense. But Bill Murray, Richard Dreyfuss, and Frank Oz, the director, have all said in separate interviews on separate occasions, independently of each other, that it was tense on set between Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfuss, like they did not get along with each other. Well, that probably that, that probably adds to the. I bet it does. You know, that's the what, screen that's tension. What Richard, that's what like Richard Dreyfuss said, and Bill Murray. He said, he said, I annoyed Richard Dreyfuss, so I kept annoying him, and it worked. And, and I kind of blame Bill Murray. Apparently, he was a real diva. So the producer, Lars Ziskin, she had a disagreement with Bill Murray, and he threw her into a lake. Yes. He, he says it was playful. She actually said it was playful. Like the, She said the push was playful. The argument just before it was not. Uh, except for she also said in 2003, Bill threatened to throw me across the parking lot yeah. and then broke my sunglasses and threw them across the parking lot. 
Yeah. So she says, I can safely say that is not common behavior. Hmm. This is, once again, for these comedies, maybe it's the era. And, and I will say, like, Keanu Reeves to an extent, because that's what we know Keanu Reeves as. Mm-hmm. Every one of these leads in, the, in these movies is just really them, mm-hmm. right? Because we have Bill Murray being Bill Murray. Yes. Hyper Bill Murray. Right. And it, it gets to be too much. Is Bill I Murray doing say. Bill Murray shtick almost the entire time? Whereas now he plays sleepy Bill Murray, and that's all he does. Yeah. This, but this is, this film is kind of scary when you think about it. I mean, in just fact, this should have been a thriller. It just, yeah, it feels a little horrific. I mean, just yeah. imagine that this doctor gets a brand new patient, doesn't know how stable he is, doesn't know his background, and then the patient stalks his family, finds him on vacation, and then moves in with him. This is basically Cape Fear. It is. It's a comedy version of Cape well, Fear. Well, it, it feels almost like a dark comedy. Like it's. Oh, it, it is a dark comedy. It's yeah. considered a dark comedy. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I mean, there's some terrible stuff that happens. Like he literally. Uh, fakes his own suicide so that he can find out where this doctor lives. Like, that's a deep, dark behavior. I would say nothing about this movie is really relatable or realistic. Like, this guy's family, Richard Dreyfuss' family, they don't believe it, a word he says. They have no respect for him as the dad or Which husband. Which is funny because I'm like, no one takes him seriously. And I'm like, this is a legitimately like, scary situation. Yeah, Bill's here. He's a nice guy. He's going to stay. Even his sister, like everyone Bill? is bought into this thing. Yeah, Bill, <laughs> Bob. Uh, but and then it's it's weird because Bob's character, I really do think this is a thriller with it. If there was a, like an extra five minutes, it would have been Hand That Rocks the Cradle. <laughs> because Bill, he is, you can see at the beginning, which is kind of a humorous part, the intro, where he has all these like idiosyncrasies and cleanliness mm-hmm. issues, and he has to walk through that really thin hallway. Like, I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And then all of his idiosyncrasies drop. All it becomes is dependency on did someone you guys, else. Did you guys uh, think that Bob, the character, was a bit of a con artist? Yes. Like, because he like he knew what he was doing because then he played up at the insane asylum, the well, sanitarium. But then it also felt like, I mean, even just teaching his son, teaching uh, Richard Driver's son to dive. Yes. I just thought to myself, it's almost like he's conning the kid into it. Like he's tricking him into do it. Like he knows what he's doing. I think it was just situational. Like that's how it is. But you know what I mean? It's like, like, that's how it's written. Though. I think, no, I think it wasn't really written well. I think they forgot what the character was and they said, he's just going to drive him crazy. Except for the fact that the whole point of this movie is that Bob gets better while uh, Dr. Leo Marvin gets, gets worse. worse. Yeah, but I think part of the thing is is Dr. Leo Marvin is so intimidating to the family and Bob is so approachable just because he's friendly and goofy and afraid that everyone can relax around him because they can't relax around their dad, which is why they start being drawn to him Maybe and, it's of how they and turned away. <laughs> but do you guys remember this one being quoted also endlessly? No, like, no. I'm only, sailing. I only remember, is it handshucked? <laughs> that's that's what I remember. Yes. Yeah. Is this I, corn handshucked? I, I will, to this day, every time someone says New Hampshire, I go, New Hampshire? <laughs> like Bob does when he finally realizes where he is. Um, the soundtrack is a little weird on this. It's like kind of a synthesized thing. Like this, all, all it's actually one like, of the most dated things about the movie. Yeah, it's a little because all these other ones like Sorry, Mary Next Murder and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, even Billy Madison, the soundtracks were kind of like, OK, this is a fun little, yeah. you know, music behind it. This one felt dated to me. Uh, but the actress who played the daughter, Anna, was actually 26 when this movie came out. <laughs> and the she mom was, was 36. Yeah, she was 10 years That's older funny. than the daughter, which is funny. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, speaking of misrepresentation, Tourette syndrome, obviously not the way it is. Yeah. Uh, also the Heimlich, you don't give the Heimlich to people when they're <laughs> you're, coughing. You're breaking it down. It just, like, I was looking at that going, <laughs> you don't give the Heimlich if they're coughing, you let them cough it up. If they stop breathing, then you give them the Heimlich maneuver. So this is before they knew. I, apparently so. But everyone seems so oblivious to Bob, almost to a fault. Yes. He 
spoiler alert for 1991 movie, he blows up their house. They barely bat an eye. This is Meet the Parents before that ever movie, yeah. that movie came out. And what I mean by that is anything that could go wrong will go wrong to the point where it's predictable. Like, I find this this movie, even that I hate watched this movie. Really? It made me anxious the whole time. Made you anxious? Like, what do you mean? Just because I think most people will probably relate to Leo Marvin. I think of they having do. this crazy person follow him. Isn't that the his, isn't that the idea though? Like that, yeah, that's but the then tension. how is it, how is it funny? Like I don't find Bill Murray but funny in this movie at all. It's effective we, because can it I drives present you crazy. an idea to you? Yes, I think back when this movie came out, most people identify with Dr. Leo Marvin. However, now I think that a lot of people would more identify with Bill Murray's character Bob because we're all broken, oh, we're all crazy, interesting. We all have our quirks, but no, I still couldn't. I couldn't. I, 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 I was always stressed out by this movie because I was like, no one's taking him seriously and this could be a dangerous situation. This honestly felt like a 90s sitcom without a laugh track. Like one oh. that was meant to, you know, because he says things, Bob says things and you're like, oh, that's kind of terrible. But it's almost like he says it in such a zany character that people should be laughing to tell you that it's funny. I mean, but I, it's not. I, I had kind of a different experience from you guys because I'm watching, especially the first act, I'm watching and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really freaky. I wonder what's going to happen. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is scary. But I'm, but I'm, but I'm entertained. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it a couple of times. Like, okay. it's, it's been forever, though. This is one of my dad's favorite movies, if I remember right. Uh, this was number. This film was number forty-three on Bravo's one. Bravo's one hundred funniest Bra- movies. Bravo. <laughs> Good list to take from Joel. Yeah. Bravo. Bravo. Bill and Ted is number twenty-four on that list. Though. Yeah. Bravo. It's the final act for me. Is where it gets it gets too zany. Right, it's just also yeah. (laughs) The outro when I hate, and this is very eighties and nineties when a movie just has little credits that say Bob went on to write a book. Leo Marvin sued for rights, and I was like, okay, or just by the way, show us the movie. Apparently, Richard (laughs) Dreyfus did sue the makers of this movie because he felt he got kind of messed over with the with the budget with the his salary. So he did end up suing the movie, kind of like it says at the end of the movie. That That's he sued funny. The movie. Is there a lot of issues with this movie? Yeah, a lot. So Jacob, ask those. Ask your questions. All you right, please. let's let's hear. Would you share this movie and with whom? No, but with Bill Murray fans, I guess I would. People that really indulge on Bill Murray for some reason, I would. Which I don't think that should be anyone now. I I know there's people out there who really love this movie back in the day. I only liked it. I still like it. I hated it. You hated it. Hated. Really? I'll never watch this movie again. Did you hate it when back then? Back then, I watched it and I said, I bet I'll have to watch that movie again, maybe in like a, a, a group of some sort when someone chooses a movie. But I hope I'm never really in that situation. But now we had to watch it. When this was chosen, I went, okay, <laughs> let's get this over with. I saved this one till last. I saved, I, this was my last one too, but I didn't save it till last. I, I wanted to cushion Billy Madison. Yeah. Uh, this one, I don't know who I'd recommend it to though, to be honest. Like nobody, it, it, I think people could watch. I think people could enjoy it, but enjoy. It's not like I've never found it to be a laugh out loud comedy. If this one did take the dark turn, I'd appreciate it a lot more. It came close. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Right? Yeah. Here's actually I'm going to answer my own question here. I think I would recommend this to people because it's this cross is this genre cross that for me makes it feel kind of fresh. But it doesn't cross the genre. It does. It does because oh. there's there's because it's still a joke and he marries the sister at the end. So you've got you've got Bill Murray. I'm, I'm not talking about like the end. I'm just saying the journey, right? The experience of it, right? The the experience of the movie is you have something that's tension building, genuinely 
tension building and Bill Murray being funny. It's and it's like kind of an intense Bill Murray funny, but it's like, oh my gosh, this is a weird combo. It's but, it's like a, a fruit salad I've never had before. You know, it's just it has its own tang to it. It's weird. This yes. is another film where I feel like the main actor is just doing their shtick the entire this time. This has all the fun of Joe versus a volcano. <laughs> No. You should have watched that one. Oh, man. No. That was never a comedy to begin with. <laughs> yeah, that's, not, that's this, not a good movie. For me, it is. Oh, yeah. See, I find, it, I, I find, it, I find it funny because... Smug and droll. Maybe it's, maybe it's Doctor suffering when he's being so prideful, or, or maybe it's just the awkward stuff. But he, of, he earned where he was supposed to be. The whole thing with like the, the interview... Uh, for Good Morning America. Yeah, yeah, but he's insanely into himself. So it, it's like, it's okay that he's suffering because... It's okay the, the, to humble someone that worked for what they got? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> when he just loves himself instead of the people. I mean, that's what it's set up as. Taking is. his family for a month-long vacation to spend some quality time with them? But he's not. He's spending time with himself. He has a statue of himself. He He's he's obsessed with the interview, not with his family. He never says that. Says what? what? There's reference to the oh. movie. <laughs> yeah. oh. Sorry, okay. I forgot about it. All right. Uh, would you watch it again? Never, ever, ever. <laughs> Too much tension. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not opposed to watching this one again. Okay. Out of, out of the list, no, Billy Madison's the least. This would be second least, probably. <clears throat> All right, so if it came out today, would it be funny? If, if, new it, cast, it's updated. If it came out, if they, if they remade this one as a little more thriller type thing where it starts nope. out as a comedy but then turns into a Cape Fear darker thriller, that could be fun to watch. Yeah, but do you know what they do? Will Ferrell would play Bill Murray's role. But then imagine be, Will Ferrell. No, no, no. You're giving it too much credit. They would not. Will Ferrell can't be a, an actor at this point. Stranger Than it, Fiction, it which came Will out Ferrell. in 2004. But it showed his Has jobs. he tried since then? Or Jim Carrey. Picture Jim Carrey going serious. I'd rather not watch Jim Carrey in anything anymore. <laughs> you know what's <laughs> actually funny? I'm really excited. About I remember Sonic, in junior know. high, this refers back to Billy Madison. I was in Those junior high and someone was like, you're one of those kids. I bet you think Jim Carrey's the funniest guy out there. And I was like, oh, no, he's right. And this kid that was trying to bully me and I go, no, I think Adam Sandler's the funniest guy out there. How stupid Safe. was I? <laughs> Jim yeah. Carrey or Adam Sandler? It's a bad time. At the time, <laughs> there's, What's the right choice there, Ken? There's no right choice. <laughs> Jim Carrey's the right choice, I think, in the 90s. Well, no, because there's Ace Ventura when nature calls. When nature it wasn't calls, terrible. No one it was cares about nature calls. No, I wasn't terrible. When, when, nature, when nature calls, when nature calls. Are sequel. you ready? Chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang. Bacon cell approved. When bacon cell approved, terrible. Uh, it's not terrible. I'm glad we got a finger poop. And you show. must be the Monopoly guy. I like that movie. Deaf ears. Nope. All right. Should it be remade? I think it could be remade, and I think that'd be fun to see. No. Who who would do the, who if if it were remade? Who would be the doctor? Who would be the patient? Do you think? So Will Ferrell would be the patient. The doctor would be John C. Riley because people cannot oh, gosh, oh make gosh, a no, good movie. That it's making it, it worse. That yeah, made it worse. Sorry to these people. That's the no. truth. That's no. the truth. Or it'd be like Paul Rudd would be the doctor. You know, it's so stupid. All right. Order these. Oh, Both of you have to order these movies. Favorite to least or least favorite to favorite. If I had to rank these in order, it would be uh, Bill. It'd probably be Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Sorry, Married an Axe Murderer. No, four to he, one. He's doing oh, four movie. to one. Four to one. Billy Madison is my lowest, followed by What About Bob? Then Sorry, Married and Axe Murder, and then Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, did we say if this one holds up? Bill, uh, what about Bob? No. Does haven't. it hold up? Jacob, does it hold up? Uh, yeah. Kent? You first. No, you first. Kent's no. Are, Kent's you're going to break no. the tie. We I already know no. Kent's saying no. Joel, come on. I haven't decided. <laughs> I know you're going to break the tie, but you should you should say no, because it's so aggravating. I think it's it not up. even a comedy. It's funny, though. It's I, not funny. It is funny. I'll Okay, I'll say this. I feel the same about it now, basically, that I did then, so I think it holds up. Yeah. 
because it's the same emotions I had where I'm like, I'm not laughing out loud. I'm kind of uncomfortable, but I think people as a like comedy it. doesn't hold up as comedy much as much as it you did laugh. then, Ugh. which is 3.5 stars. Wow. Blech. I think that's about right at 3.5 actually. Okay. I'm going to go. Uh, what about Bob is the bottom of the barrel. Joel, you've kind of changed my mind. I would have said Billy Madison is next, but man, I've <laughs> laughed about that movie more in this show than I did in Billy Madison. <laughs> yeah. But still, Billy, Ma- Billy Madison is second worst. Uh, so I married an axe murder in the Bill and Ted's, obviously. You know, this is going to really surprise me. Yeah, I hadn't thought about this order. Even when I asked you guys, I wasn't planning to say it. But it was to first worst to first would be. So I married an axe murderer was the worst. Yeah. Wow. And then That's ridiculous. then Billy Madison. You're putting Billy Madison above. So I married an axe murderer. Do you want to change your mind about what about Bob Joel? I, well, after everything you said about Billy Madison, your I, wife didn't hate. So I married an axe murderer. No, she liked that one. Um, but you, so you love your wife. This is a personal bump thing. It up. He has yeah. his own opinion. Yeah, you have my own opinion. You here. and your wife are one. <laughs> Thus saith the scriptures. The general ladies and I agree. <laughs> what about Bob is the terrible? General ladies. And I. Okay, so so I married an axe murderer. Actually, I like all four. Like, there's value in all four. So mm. I married an axe murderer. Billy Madison. That's ridiculous. Um, what about Bob? And Bill and Ted is actually going to take number one. For yeah, me. that's so a clear all three number of us one. agree that it's the number one. Okay. All right. So there you go. Uh, thank you for listening to this <laughs> random episode. Let us know. We want you. We want you to actually submit ideas for what you would want us to do if we were to do this again. Yeah. What movies should we watch? Comedy or what, not? Yeah. What genre? Doesn't Pick it doesn't genre. matter? I was going to say any, any genre, era. genre, any era. Yeah. Let us know if uh, what we should watch to see if it still holds up, and we will do this test for you because we are that caring. We will do it, <laughs> maybe, yeah. depending on the movies you pick. But first, we would like to thank the I Am The Listener tier of patrons, including Terry Finlay, A More Civilized Podcast, Jordan Rexick, Stephen Ross, and Adrian Gray. And then we have our begging council, including Nicole D. Hale, Spencer Myers, The Spirit of 38, Chris Anderson, Ryan Farron, Matt Smidrow, and Reverse Listener. Ooh. Showing the Bacon Council. All you guys rock so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to find me, though, you can find me at 76Joel on Twitter, quote unquote, or you can find me performing <laughs> at Quick Wins. They perform every Saturday night at You're the Movie Performing Arts Center. That. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the Quick Wins Facebook page. You can find me at Twitter and Instagram at Kenny3DD. You can read my movie reviews for showtimeshowdown.com. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob A. Rogers, not really anywhere else. And you can find Bacon Sale on Twitter. Uh, at Bacon Sale and on Instagram at Bacon Sale and also uh, like follow us on Facebook uh, <laughs> but you can find our merchandise at tpublic.com slash Bacon Sale there's a lot of cool stuff there uh, also feel free to submit some ideas to me or request for merchandise that uh, that we could build and provide for you there uh, make sure you check us uh, out and help us out on patreon.com yeah. uh, slash Bacon Sale so until next time be excellent to each other And party on, Bacon Sale! (sighs) Bark's Red Cream Soda, the official drink of Bacon Sale. You could kill them if they broke the NDA? I don't know if you know how NDAs work. Porkies? (laughs) You think Bacon Sale's going to turn into Porkies? (laughs) Porkies is a raunchy comedy from the 80s about pigs. No, it's an it's animated not. movie from DreamWorks. No, it's not. About little pigs. They're going to yeah. look it up. <laughs> I'm generally cuddling. And, you With know. whom? Generally lady friends. <laughs> Back off, general ladies. <laughs>
I'm going to make yeah. a garbage can follow my dad somehow at this exact moment. <laughs> Date night? Yeah. Snuggle up and not Did finish it? Did you cuddle this movie? Yes. Absolutely. Honestly, it seems like a perfect one for that. Yeah. Is that going to do well? They've talked about the this sequel. It's got Keanu Reeves in it. The CG George Wedd. Look at the size of that boy's head. Poetry doesn't pay the bills, bro. <laughs> my side. <laughs> it's, <a> boy. <gasps> it's true. It's all true. You know, it's like an orange on a toothpick. But I don't dream about them and talk about them in my sleep. Uh, actually, you don't notice, but you do. <laughs> I actually talk in my sleep, everybody. <laughs> Women up. love true crime podcasts. <laughs> Generalization. <laughs> Generally, ladies. <laughs> this is dumpster diving. And you are sticky and gross and you smell and then you find a Rolex. Like, that's what this is. It just was never worth all that suffering. There's a great dessert. Not a great meal, but a great dessert. What does that mean, Ken? I don't know what that means. Yeah. What kind, of, what kind of dessert are you getting? <laughs> like strawberry cheesecake. What is that code for, Kent? It's strawberry Stop cheesecake. It. <laughs> General strawberry cheesecake. <laughs> Let's all just laugh off casual assault and move on. Are you ready? Chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang. Bacon cell approved when Bacon cell approved. Terrible. Uh, but man, I've <laughs> laughed about that movie more in this show than I did in Billy Madison. <laughs> Devil. <laughs> so much giggling. Got some giggles. <laughs> Got the giggles, Captain. Tried so hard and got so far. <laughs> yeah, uh, you just you just accused Jake of doing a bad fart joke in the last show. This was a, it was a gold joke. This was a good fart joke. <laughs> uh, All right, he's taking it too far. Yeah. <laughs>